disinformation campaign immediately after the Maui wildfires was spread by China and Russia. From weather warfare to floating bodies on another island, thousands of missing children to a Maui land grab, China and Russia are now using artificial intelligence to amplify it, spread fear and distrust in government. When you start talking about laser beams and heat rays coming from space that would take out people in Maui, Come on, let's get real. An army of federal, state, and local goons unleashing the unthinkable. No, I literally cannot get over there. That's just the way it is. Well, I, I, I've been ordered not to let anyone cross the bridge, so. They sent all the kids home from school because of the wind advisory. And we found out yesterday that we lost a whole neighborhood of children. I'm talking 1,050 kids gone without a trace. They have absolutely no clue where these children are. It's like they vanished into thin air. The Hawaii governor had downgraded the horror, claiming that the number of people missing had dropped to 66. But the locals knew the awful truth. I think it's in a thousand, not hundreds. You tell me if it makes any sense. One child, one child is dead. All that destruction that you see, one child is dead. Now they're saying only 66 people are missing. There are 400 plus people they can't get a hold of, which makes no sense either. You can see a bunch of school buses. These are the school buses that were taken away from the fire by military professionals. If you're looking for the children, they're probably somewhere in this general facility while local propaganda attempts to brainwash the local hawaiian people into not believing what their eyes see and their ears hear there were some outlandish conspiracy theory claims being made and shared on social media governor green said on hnn spotlight now he'll take disinformation concerns to the president uh suggesting to our own social media types that there were thousands of children gone the problem is that information is so abundant that the chinese don't even know half of the story hi steve here i don't know if you've noticed this about the fire in paradise california back in 2018 and the fire in lahaina or not but they both had something in common they were both incinerated but there's something else they had in common they both had high winds High winds. Recent numbers tell us that 88 people have died. 631 people are missing. And over 13,000 homes have been completely destroyed by the strange fire in Paradise, California. And more than half of this damage occurred within the first four hours. You said that your outbuildings and your house and the houses around you all started to burn at once. Um, I know that uh, all my stuff started to burn at once, and then my neighbor right across the street, dozens of fires sprang up all around me and below me without, you know, they're, they're far in front of the fire line without any falling burning embers. Completely ignored by the mainstream media, the anomalous nature of this fire is being reported on by only a few independent journalists. In the trailer park, the steel frame foundations only a foot off the ground we're all completely warped, bent, and mangled. Every car and truck was completely torched. Every single rubber tire was burned into oblivion, and all that remained was the steel belt system from within. 
The temperatures were hot enough to melt aluminum. They were hot enough to melt glass. And they were hot enough to decimate every single last thing inside the home. Which makes these fires at least three times hotter than your average house fire. And yet some things were inexplicably untouched by the super intense heat. Pristine carports with torched automobiles beneath them next to homes completely burned to ash. Plastic trash cans untouched. The firemen observed that plastics attached to metal completely melted, while plastics by themselves seemed to somehow survive what must have been extraordinary heat. They found an isolated, unattached electrical generator that was completely burned out, like the cars, but the surrounding area was untouched. They discovered a smart meter inside of an enclosed box that completely burned out from its own wiring. They suspect that it could have been the start of some of these fires. Other investigators are observing how guardrails have caught fire where the metal bolts connect to the wood. And many are wondering what type of fire ignites metals while sparing plastic and surrounding trees. The mountains surrounding the Paradise Fires are riddled with anomalous scars as if a laser beam scorched swaths of forest while leaving the rest untouched. It is indeed a terribly sordid mystery and nothing comes but silence from official sources. There's power lines dropping left and right, like just going over. I was sitting there and I was watching houses, roofs, just getting torn apart, you know, piece after piece after piece just flying through the air and like, you know, kind of just in, in awe. So we're going up the road. As we're going, these people are yelling us, our house is on fire, our house is on fire. We're like, you gotta get out of here. You gotta go, you know. Sometimes when you're in a nightmare, you can tell yourself that and then you wake up and you're like, yes, we're in a nightmare and we weren't in a nightmare. It was very real. I've been a firefighter for 13 years, seven years in Portland, and then I wanted to move home where I grew up, and we moved back to Maui. My husband and I both got hired with the fire department over here, um, and we've been here six years. And we were sent out to relieve a crew that was on a brush fire that morning, that night. I'm not sure what time that started, but I do know that it was extinguished 100%. And we got called up there to change out with them at the location of that brush fire. And that was up on Lahainaluna Road. So we went out to change out with them and to kind of just keep putting water all over any hot spots, any cold spots, anywhere where that we just kept dumping more and more water all over the location. Since we had sat on it for so long and put you know, so much water on it, and when we stopped putting water on it, and then we sat there for even longer just to see, you know, and we'd walk the perimeter, we'd walk the inside, and everything looked completely contained and cool. So we went back to the station knowing that nothing flared up in five hours. We ate lunch, we all got a, a nice meal in, and then that's when the tones went off that there was a brush fire. Same area, and it was probably 20 minutes later. 
everything was out, the fire was extinguished. And so to hear that we were going back there, I was like, you've got to be joking. We just were sitting there for five hours, not putting anything out. How could it possibly be that we're going back there? That was pretty shocking, to be honest. I was probably there like a couple minutes and I start hearing, this house is on fire, we need to make a stand here. This house is on fire, this house is on fire. We start hoses going out and debris flying all over the place, stuff's flying in the air. It's like just complete madness, to be honest. And I'm like, oh my God. So we get there and we get the water supply. And the more we're hearing it move, we're like, okay, we're gonna have to move down. You know, let's go try to make a stance somewhere else. And just then it got too hot. We're like, boom, dro drop the hose lines, we gotta go. So For we- your own safety. For our own safety, we had to evacuate. We're like, get get in the rig, we gotta go now. I don't Trying know. Trying to picture it again. How many different spots were firefighters responding to? I have no idea. We all started at one and then we all were just trying to jump to the next, to, to make a stance at the next you know, block or the next location. So we're going up the road. As we're going, these people are yelling us, our house is on fire, our house is on fire. We're like, we have to go this way, I'm sorry. Like it was just devastating. It's like, we need to make a stand over here if we want to save. Right now it's just, how do we make it so that there's less damage, you know, so all this whole place doesn't burn. There were people just watering their houses down and we're like, you gotta get out of here. You gotta go, you know, and people are running. People are getting out of their cars because there's down power lines and they can't get down. So at this point, people are all like scrambling from this neighborhood as any way possible. And I know multiple people that were just like, screw it, they left their cars and ran down the hill. If we can't get close enough to stop it because we're gonna get burned, if we can't get water, you know, I'm not sure what to do. It was just bizarre. And then my captain's like, we need more pressure, we need more pressure, and I was like, at some point, I felt the intake line, and I was like, Cap, there's, there's no more pressure. This is all the water we have coming in, and it's not enough, you know? So we decide we gotta leave. We don't have any more water. We were very alone. We were the only ones in this area right now. Everyone else was trying to go and stop it from moving further down the hill from what I heard on the radio. And every now and then, like, a big plume of black smoke would come over, and we'd have to hide behind the engine, or. And then when we went into town, I looked up and my house, you could see the house fully involved. But you know, I had already accepted it, I think. I knew this whole town's gonna burn down, why not my house? You know, there's moments in your life when you wish you just go and be the hero that, that saves your town, you know, like, what might have went different, you know, had I gone downhill instead of uphill, you know, if I wouldn't have went up and got that water supply established. That's gonna keep going on in my brain forever. That's gonna go on forever. What could I have done different? What could I have, you know, and who knows what the outcome would have been? Who knows if it would have changed at all? Who knows, you know, looking at it and looking where the fire was, I was like, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that anything could have been done differently. And this was the common denominator that caused us to reason away these horrendous fires that quickly destroyed lives and property. 
Five years ago, Captain Scott McLean, a spokesman for the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, or CAL FIRE, told the Associated Press, pretty much the community of paradise is destroyed. It's that kind of devastation. The wind that was predicted came and pummeled the city of 27,000 residents in the Sierra Nevada foothills. Other retired fire captains and firefighters, Matt and John, sat down after the Paradise fires to give their experiences. A year ago, after the Tubbs fire, John and I started scratching our heads and doing research, and that's when we, what could have caused this, what happened. And we both started coming up with the same um, theories, potential theories, and we, absence of any other explanation, because we could not come up with any other explanation, we started looking into directed energy weapons, and it's like, oh my God, this could actually explain it if this was actually what was going on. And and the way the fires burn, so we've been talking to you, and we've mentioned the word microwave, we've been talking to you of how, how these things that are metal and attached to metal burn completely and how things are plastic, standalone plastic, whether it be garbage cans or play structures, seem to be fine. And it just seemed similar to what you'd see if you stuck those in a microwave oven. And I'm looking, I'm, I'd love somebody to explain another another way, another theory, another method that would, that would explain these anomalies that we've seen. And I, um, you know, I wish, I hope this is not the case, but... Um, and that's, 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 that makes the most sense for me at this point. That makes, it makes the most sense of what's going on. When I think of directed energy weapons, I think of lasers, laser technology. And the evidence is out there for anybody that wants to look, anybody that thinks this is a bunch of hocus pocus, that these things don't exist. The evidence is all over the Internet. These companies give these elaborate presentations uh, for their stockholders and show off their wares and yeah this is a this is a laser weapon that we mounted to the nose of this airplane i mean the evidence is out there so there's there's virtually no argument that they exist it, it exists the military has it it can be done from satellites from drones from airplanes from helicopters or it actually can be ground-based so that, that it all exists and it's pinpoint accurate it's pinpoint accuracy they can with laser technologies and this, the difference between laser and microwave is just the frequency it's all the same it's all right. frequencies and it's just different frequency on the electromagnetic spectrum that's all it is don't waste your time trying to convince me that this fire was just a raging wind and a fire that got out of control that's what the naive are satisfied believing but i'm not one campfire, including Bliss, California, destroyed over 153,000 acres before finally being put out on December 14th. Over 13,000 homes and hundreds of companies were destroyed, with more than half of this damage described as occurring inside the first four hours. The anomalies of the campfire were ignored by mainstream media and were only reported on a few independent websites. Fires were observed burning at temperatures at least three times hotter than the average house fire, hot enough to melt extrusion and glaze reducing homes to pure ash, yet leaving plastic trash cans beside them untouched. 
The claim that laser beams have been used to kindle wildfires has been online since around 2018. Most people are familiar with how microwave ovens heat and interact with foods and how this differs from the effects of thermal or convection ovens. We know that plastics are microwave safe, whereas metals explode violently when subjected to microwaves. The effects of the NorCal fires have been widely seen to resemble the effects one might expect from directed microwave radiation or lasers. California firefighters found signatures of directed energy weapons. What do I mean signatures? Investigators observed how guardrails even caught fire. One video grabbed my attention like a shark yanking you underwater when I saw this fire burning from inside these houses. You'll see what I'm talking about. By the time Dustin pulled away from his house, the fire engulfed homes on his street. He and his family narrowly escaped. I'm going to slow this down so you can see how obvious it is that the fire is raging from inside the house and some on the outside. And it's the same with the house fire next door. Fires that spread in wind don't spread from the inside out. They burn from the outside in right and then like i mentioned in a previous video the temperatures that had to be reached in order to literally cremate human beings and melt aluminum and metals had to be much hotter than a normal fire so if this was not just a small fire that started somewhere and then strong winds started to blow the fires and they spread until a complete region and city were burned to the ground what was it what really happened it's rattling to wrap your mind around a reality that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Some things in this world and even in life do leave a sour taste in your mouth because you know that it's closer to reality than what you're being told. Lahaina was a peaceful town, but now forever marred by tragedy. Maui residents are finally being allowed back to their properties in Lahaina. It's been nearly seven weeks since the Pegdilau family has walked around their hometown of Lahaina. Their painful first steps were made here at this memorial to pay respect to their patriarch, Pablo Pegdillo III, another name added to a long row of crosses, each one a family member lost to the Lahaina fire. The family ended their visit together in prayer, grateful for what is left. A lot of us have not actually been able to come back. To see someone go in an unexpected way, it, it kind of hurts. Pegdillau, who was partially paralyzed, died while trying to flee the fire by car with his wife, Nelda. The flames blocked their exit on Front Street, and Nelda couldn't carry her husband over the seawall to safety. When she went over the wall, she tried to pull him down, but unfortunately, um, the fire got really close, and my grandma did whatever she could. She did not give up. But my grandpa told her, go, just leave me. Just go find the family go, and go take care of yourself and them. Painful memories like this await many families who will be returning to what's left of their homes in Lahaina this week. The sock store, the ice cream store. Furtado is a sixth generation Lahainan whose family owned about a dozen historic buildings on Front Street. Is it your family's commitment that you're going to keep this in the family instead of selling it off to some big developer? We would, that's our intent, is to rebuild. People ran for their lives, screaming and panicking as the flames engulfed the town. First responders didn't seem to respond, and the cops that were on the scene forced many to be trapped in the raging nightmare as they blocked escape routes. 
But because of their orders to contain a raging inferno, lives were lost, dreams shattered, and the scars will remain for a long time for many who lost friends and family. Survivors struggle with physical and emotional wounds haunted by the memories that refuse to fade. Families left without loved ones seek closure, demanding answers and justice. But it seems like the truth is lost in a web of bureaucracy and cover-up. A dedicated group of activists and victims' families have emerged, fighting against all odds to uncover the truth. They won't rest until justice is served, until those responsible are held accountable. It's a battle that will undoubtedly be uphill, but their determination knows no limits. I can't leave the Lahaina fire tragedy heartache behind as if it was just another sad event to sweep away along with the charred remains of families who belonged there and loved their lives there. We must uncover the secrets, expose the truth, and bring justice for those who deserve it. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, your personal Lord and Savior, I leave a link in the description box below this video. Go down there and click on that link. Pray this simple prayer and ask God to forgive you for the life you've been living, a life that's empty and mostly vanity. If you want him, he's already proven he wants you. That's why he came and gave his life for you. Think about it.